Pittsburgh Steelers fans, part two of the curtain call. Uh, again, my name is Michael Beck, joined as always by one Mr. Jeffrey Benedict from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Uh, hanging out with, as always, uh, part one, talking about uh, a lot of uh, injury issues up in 2020 and how they uh, can kind of shape the future of this team. Uh, Jeffrey, I know I touched on a few names. Is there anyone else that uh, you want to kind of touch on on that injury front uh, heading well, I don't think James Conner is going to be back. But if James Conner comes back, he was another one that when he went down, our run game really suffered. Uh, that's really it. Yeah, that's 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 the only person I have left on my list. Yeah, and you know what, with James Conner too, I think he'd be more successful as a runner, number two. So if that could be in Pittsburgh, I'm not sure. Of course, he's going to hit that running back wall. It's just a, a certainty of the position. Uh, he's played my, four years, well, three years, I guess. My thoughts on James Conner's future with Pittsburgh. If the uh, cap situation is such that the Steelers can keep an offensive line together, Pouncey doesn't retire, Ben comes back, that kind of situation, uh, the value in the first round of drafting like a Najee Harris or one of these guys that teams that we look at and say, wow, they could they could make a difference on this run game. Uh, they they would actually increase the value of James Conner as kind of a Kareem Hunt to their new guys, Nick Chubb. I, I think that would be an incredible one-two punch and kind of give us the chance at, at rebuilding this team very quickly in the 2004 mode, like, a, you know, change the scheme up, focus on the run game, make life easier on the offensive line to block and with the scheme and you got two running backs. Yeah. Okay. Now, now it's a very different offense. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. And it, it's going to be, it, oh, there, there's a lot of positions where there's tons of question marks. Uh, it's going to be a big couple months uh, following the Super Bowl for us at behind the steel curtain. I think this is going to be a pretty insane free agency. Uh, it, some crazy trades going on around the league. The draft is going to be who even knows the Steelers could draft at, at this point, a hundred different guys with their first, probably not a hundred, but there's probably a good list of like 50 games. Wouldn't be surprised if that's the way they would in the first round, trading up, trading back. It's going to be crazy. But moving on to the second part of this kind of show, and what we wanted to talk about also is kind of the pillars of the offense and defense, the pillars of the Steelers, and how they can build around these guys. And, Jeffrey, I know you kind of rank these guys in a tier. So why don't we start offensively? Who's in that tier one elite tier for uh, guys we can build around on this offense? Well, tier one for me is guys who are stars, who we're going to keep around top talents, guys who can lead this team and be like pro bowlers, perennial pro bowlers, the kind of guys you can base the offense around. And on offense, I've got nobody. Not a yeah. single player. And that's completely fair just based on this team's kind of trajectory. And the star players are either on their way out or are really old and are basically done to begin with, would you say that's something the Steelers really need to kind of try to address in this uh, upcoming draft that like the future of this offense really comes from the next two draft classes, really? I'm not worried about that. It's weird. Like we've got, we've got solid talent. Um, what I, what I think we need is, is a better scheme in place uh, while we have Ben Roethlisberger. And when we do get a new quarterback in the future, um, you build around that guy. That's going to be hopefully, hopefully your star. And then you allow other guys to develop around him. Uh, so for me, for me, the real, the real issue, if you're, if you're looking for a big time playmaker to add right away, 
Uh, like I've said, if this is another, if this is our like our final all year, all year, all, if this is our final year of being all in on Ben, I could see drafting a playmaking running back because that's that's where that's when you take that running back is when you're like, you know what, we just need that run game. We need to manufacture some kind of a run game to help this out, and bam, that's what you do. Outside of that, offensive line, build from the front get some studs on the offensive line and let it go from there. You know what? If, if that's the way the Steelers go, a and you draft a running back in the first round and all of a sudden three guys retire, four more guys disappear in free agency. Ooh, there's going to be some people in the hot seat for that, for sure. Like that's, that's very all in for one, basically one year. And that's, that's going to be interesting. Like if the Steelers traded back, I, I would, I would never hate a pick. They added another pick, but Ooh, that will be interesting. Now, moving into the second tier of guys offensively, who who do you think uh, who do you think are these kind of tier two prospects that the Steelers kind of have some sort of ability to kind of plug in as uh, potential guys to help lead this team in the future? Well, my tier two is guys that I think have the potential to become stars, maybe, but they're going to be you know solid guys you can rely on to be a starter in the future. So for me, that is Chase Claypool. Deontay Johnson and Kevin Dotson. Uh, I think those three guys you can plug in and say two, three years from now, we can rely on them to be, you know, major parts of the offense. Right now, uh, there's one thing I, I really want to bring up here. Uh, Kieran uh, Broomsey says uh, Master Teague or Hubbard on the board in the fourth round. Let's just go all in on the Canadians. Why not? While we're while we're drafting them, Chuba Hubbard uh, from Alberta. We already got Chase Claypool, Matt Canada, the offense coordinator. Oh, let's just go all in on the Canadians. I love it. But uh, getting back off and uh, the tier three guys, what what designates someone as a tier three player and what, what is their future uh, with this offense? Tier three players would be like they're a piece, right? They're, they're, they're a guy that can help. You know, like a Vince Williams. When Vince Williams was young and he kind of shown, hey, he's a guy that's going to stick around. He's going to be a solid player. He would be a tier three guy from back then. Uh, for me on this team, we're, that's talking about guys like a Chooksakorafor, who has shown he can be a starter. You know, he can handle it and be all right. He is, wasn't great, especially in the run game. But he wasn't as bad as people thought he was either. Uh, he had a lot of turnover beside him, and and he was him and DeCastro struggled when DeCastro was not playing well. Uh, another guy would be Zach Banner. Zach Banner is is a guy you could see being that starter for for a number of years or at least a valuable rotation piece. And my other one would be Anthony McFarland. I think Anthony McFarland is going to be a better running back than we've seen. Uh, of course, I blame scheme for a lot of the Steelers run, uh, run game problems. I'm not as big on trashing the offensive line and the running backs. If you watch the scheme, it's just it's like the run game was set up to fail all year. Right. Now, flipping things over to the defensive side, I, I think the, the pillars are probably going to be pretty obvious, especially at the top. Who are, the, who are those star guys uh, for the Steelers, and uh, what uh, what does it mean for this team having them uh, for the next 10 years? TJ Watt, Devin Bush, Minka Fitzpatrick. Those are three guys you can't let go. Like those, like if any of those guys go, it's 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 bad. Your team is just that's you can't replace them. Uh and it's big to me because when you say Minka Fitzpatrick, Devin Bush, that's the middle of your defense saying you can't attack the middle of the field. 
NFL offenses live in the middle of the field. And when you have two guys like that, that can just shut down the middle of a field and say, we will, if you're going to attack the middle of the field, we'll be the ones making plays, you know, then that's a, that's a, that's a solid defense at the minimum for a long time. Uh, and TJ Watt, of course, a defensive player of the year guy, level guy, like that's, he's a no brainer. Now, some people might hate this comparison just based on who I'm going to kind of put them up against, but the Baltimore Ravens from about what, 2005 to 2015, I, I mean, the, the, their defense was really good. Like they had a stream of guys coming in and out, but the similarities are extremely cool. Like Terrell Suggs on the edge, TJ Watt in the middle, Devin Bush, Ray Lewis, and on the end, Reed Minkins Patrick. Do you agree with that? Is that kind of a, what the Steelers can kind of bank on for their next 10 years of this uh, future of this defense? Absolutely. Absolutely. I would look at the Ravens and say that's the kind of thing you want to build. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick as a free safety is not Ed Reed. I want to start with that oh, as a safety. He yeah. is not Ed Reed. Devin Bush reminds me of a young Ray Lewis. Significantly reminds me of a young Ray Lewis. I think he could not approach Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis brought so much more than just his on-field play, though. He was a phenomenal leader, and in that time period, middle linebacker stuffing the run was such a bigger role, and he brought the versatility that like a Devin Bush brings. So he won't. I don't think Devin Bush even has the opportunity to be as valuable as as Ray Lewis because of how the game has changed. But he could reach that kind of a talent level, even if he is smaller. You know, Ray Lewis was also bigger. It's just he can be that kind of a talent, but. He's not going to have the impact Ray Lewis had, but he can be that to the Steelers. And TJ Watt, yeah, yeah. TJ Watt can be that kind of Terrell Suggs guys there that's just like, no, I'm making plays. I mean, you look at J.J. Watt. Outside of J.J. Watt when he gets hurt, he's still just a monster to deal with. And and that's kind of what Terrell, Terrell Suggs was for a decade. I think TJ Watt can be that guy. So, yeah, it's it's a good thing you you to just be able to say, hey, we don't have to hit superstars with these picks. We just need really good players who fit with the guy with around our core of these three players. And you know, it's funny. You mentioned that like, and I agree, Mink is no Ed Reed, but uh, unless Cincinnati starts winning games and Jesse Bates starts getting some recognition, Mink Fitzpatrick could bring home a ton of hardware throughout the next couple of years. There really isn't too many guys that could project to surpass him at, at that spot. He, he could be that all pro free safety for, years and years to come I, I wouldn't be surprised by that in the slightest but kind of moving on to that second tier who are who's kind of pairing with those uh those top three guys my three i'm i'm gonna get some flack for one of them uh i'll start with alex highsmith i know where you're going <laughs> alex highsmith i think is is shown he's gonna be a starter and his upside is really really good um I, I love uh, this is a player I love, so I'm gonna, I'm going to compare him to a player I absolutely loved, uh, Jason Worlds, who was much better than people thought he was. He wasn't a TJ Watt. He wasn't a Joey Porter. He wasn't a James Harrison. You know, he wasn't that guy who's just going to be on that edge, and the other team is like, we have to seriously account for that guy, and he's still going to wreck you. He's not going to be that dude, but he could be that number two rusher that that really sets up the other guy and is just consistently good. And that's kind of what Jason Worlds did. Jason Worlds did everything really well. And that's what I look at Alex Highsmith, even as a rookie. He did everything good. Uh, when he gets better, he can do everything really well. I think he's a piece, um, a big piece, an important one. 
Uh, I'll get in probably a little trouble for this one, but uh, Terrell Edmonds. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Terrell Edmonds. And here's here's why Terrell Edmonds is valuable. Terrell Edmonds is going to constantly draw this comparison, not directly to the not, not Terrell Edmonds' skill set to this player's skill set, but the way they complement the other safety in the backfield. Terrell Edmonds can be Minka Fitzpatrick's Ryan Clark. He's not Ryan Clark. He's a very different player. He's a strong safety. Um, Can't be the same player anymore. <laughs> yeah. What Minka Fitzpatrick, what, what Terrell Edmonds is, is a guy who can fill any role. He can do anything on the field at a decent level. Like he can be, you can slide down and play middle linebacker. He can play slot cornerback. He can play outside cornerback. He can be a thumper in the box. He can play free safety. That's probably the, the least good of his things, but he can do it all at a reasonably good level. He's really good in man coverage. Uh, obviously people will call out that there are times he gets abused in mismatches. He will, he'll get beat uh, because the Steelers put him in bad spots constantly. They put him in tough coverage spots a lot because most of the time he delivers the vast majority of the time he delivers. Uh, people bring up the playoff game. I see people bringing up the playoff game already. You can bring up any player you want for the playoff game. TJ Watt was terrible. In the playoff game, TJ Watt was bad. You know that are we are we gonna hold that against TJ Watt? No. That whole game was bad. Everyone played badly in that game. So you can point your finger at any one of them. Cameron Hayward was bad. Stefan Tuitt was bad. TJ Watt was bad. We're not getting rid of them. They're still good players. There was just one really awful game. Anyways, Terrell Edmonds, the reason he works with Minka Fitzpatrick is Minka Fitzpatrick is not a sideline to sideline player. He's not. He's not. And that's what really separates him from Ed Reed is he has the skill set of Ed Reed, but Ed Reed was much more of a sideline to sideline player. Minka Fitzpatrick is more of a read and attack forward player. To me, I would compare it to uh, to like Robert Spillane and Devin Bush. Devin Bush is not a good blitzer. He's not good at seeing the play in front of him and, and, and pouncing on it super quick. That's more Robert Spillane. Devin Bush has that athleticism and is a fantastic lateral movement player. Obviously, they're reversed in their talent level. Robert Spillane is not anywhere on the level of Minka Fitzpatrick, but it's a similar style of game. Minka Fitzpatrick is elite when he is seeing the play in front of him and attacking forward. He's not great if it's like, oh, you know, we're throwing a shot down the sideline. Can Minka Fitzpatrick get there in time to make a play on the ball? No. The answer is no. He's not going to do it. Uh, that's just not his game. Terrell Edmonds takes that off of him by being that lateral speed sideline to sideline player that's where Edmonds is at his best is is securing tackles and that's another thing we talk about Minka Fitzpatrick he misses tackles you don't want him being that guy that that's in charge of tackling everybody uh Terrell Edmonds is that guy Terrell Edmonds should consistently have more tackles than Minka Fitzpatrick because he gets to the ball and he brings people down right now that's that's two names so who's the third name of your second tier I'm going to go a little – I'm going to go with Robert Spillane. I'm a Whoa. huge, huge Robert Spillane fan. Uh, I, I, I've i done film rooms on him in the past. I'm going to do more. His In this defense, he is a man coverage guy. He plays does man coverage against linebackers and tight ends. He is a screen pass destroyer. He is very solid attacking forward from a zone defense position, especially in run support. What he isn't is 
excuse me, uh, your typical buck linebacker. You don't want him taking on blockers. He doesn't get off blocks great. Uh, he did better later in the season. He's getting better at that already. Uh, and he is elite as a green dog blitzer. He is just watching him transition from coverage to blitzing is phenomenal. You're just like, that's that's how you do it. They're like, you're watching it. You're like, Devin Bush can't do that. Devin Bush can't. When Devin Bush is a green dog blitzer, it's you're like, oh, Devin, like, what are you doing? You're just kind of like walking around trying to see if anyone's going to come towards you. Robert Blaine is just, just boom. It's like an attack dog. Like, go get him. And the dog is, he's already halfway there. Uh, by the time you finish saying it, I think he is such a good fit with Devin Bush that he becomes that fit. Like, he's the Trell Edmonds, Minka Fitzpatrick. He he's the Trell Edmonds in that to Devin Bush, in my opinion. I think he could be that guy. I love it. Yeah, no, that that's super interesting. I, like, obviously, there's going to be people that agree that disagree with that, but uh, for those of you that do, you got to keep in mind Jeffrey watches more film than probably all of us combined, so he he does know what he's talking about. If you think he's crazy, I guarantee you he's not. He might be a little bit, but I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. But. But moving on to that third tier, obviously for for everyone screaming, oh Cam Hayward, Stefan to it, Joe Hayden. Uh, this is about building towards the future. It, it, like it's the age is it, it matters in this situation. But I'm curious whether or not some of those guys make your uh, your third tier. No, I didn't go with any of them. Uh, I didn't go with any of them because I think looking at their age, you're not building a defense around them in three years. Yeah. In three years, you're still building a defense around Devin Bush, Minka Fitzpatrick, and TJ Watt. You know, Robert Splane's still young. Uh, so for, for me, that last spot, tier three, is Cameron Sutton and Mike Hilton. That's their kind of like, I think the Steelers are keeping one. I just have this feeling the Steelers are keeping one, and whichever one they keep, that's a guy they're going to build around. Very different skill sets. Uh, so it would mean a lot of difference. It's 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 a fascinating choice to me because it's going to be the Steelers committing to two very different ideas of defense. If Cameron Sutton is your cornerback, then you're doing different things than if Mike Hilton is your cornerback. You're designing your defense differently. Uh, I really hope they sign Hilton. I, I absolutely love Mike Hilton. Uh, if you remember when the Penguins had uh, like Pascal Dupuy and he was just that dude that embodied the system, Mike Hilton embodies Mike Tomlin's philosophy of football and Keith Butler's system like no one else we have ever found. We were constantly drafting, looking for that guy to be that slot linebacker. You can go all the way back to Shamarco Thomas. They tried playing him in the slot. Why? Because they wanted that guy who could, who could play the slot like a linebacker. And then they found him in Mike Hilton. And he's the best in the NFL at it. Uh, I know, I know the Scobro show, they were talking about him and like saying, you know, what, what mark kind of market is there for him? There are some teams who look for that. Uh, look at the contract. What was his name? Logan Ryan guy from the New York giants. He was that cornerback in Tennessee. And then he went to New York giants on a really good contract and didn't do well because that's not the system. The New York giants run. It was a dumb acquisition by the giants because you picked a guy with a specific skill set, And then we're like, yeah, but we can use you differently. Right. We'll just have you do something different. Make of it's Patrick. We're going to have you be a cover cornerback. You know, like like how Miami, That's that was my point. Miami was misusing Mink of it's Patrick. The Steelers got him and said, that's not what you do at all. No. Okay, let's find a position for you then. 
you know, let's figure out. And they've redesigned how they use the free safety position between Sean Davis and Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka Fitzpatrick doesn't play what Sean Davis played at all. They play a different entire role in the defense, which is brilliant. You take a player who doesn't quite fit the traditional role, and then you remake your defense to work for him, and you get Minka Fitzpatrick as an all-pro safety. Uh, the same is true of Hilton, and I think he has it for a few more years. So two, three years, I'd go with Mike Hilton. But if they go with if they go with Sutton, that's fine too. They just it just means different things. You know, I will say I I think Cam Sutton fell out of favor with this team. Like when it came to those kind of cornerback replacements, it seemed like Justin Lane overtook him, and then Justin Lane played terribly, and then James Pierre took over from the, him. It just does. It feels like Mike Hilton's the kind of the the odds on favorite. I would say to me. Uh, for someone getting a, another contract, but this might sound dumb to some, but I'm Canadian and you're going to give me a break. Mike Hilton is made for the Canadian game, the, the super wide field, because the will linebacker in Canadian football it is like, it, it's basically, uh, it's a weird like corner linebacker hybrid. That's exactly what Mike Hilton is. And that's that's been a position in that game for a hundred years. It, it, it's it's yeah. funny how it's kind of, kind of uh, came over into the NFL and Mike Hilton's clearly the best at it, he'd probably be the league MVP if, uh, if he was playing up here. But it's going to be interesting to see where the team goes with that. But do you think I, I'm far off by saying that Cam Sutton's probably not the guy? And Because to me, it just looked like he completely uh, fell off the Steelers' radar as the year went on. I wouldn't say that. Um, he was getting a lot of snaps. They just – they just. I think uh, you saw Jason uh, – James Pierre and Justin Lane have very specific skill sets. And so, like, when they came on the field, they weren't so much fitting those guys to Cameron Sutton. They were fitting Cameron Sutton to what those guys could do best. Uh, so that that's what kind of how I, how I view Cameron Sutton. Uh, and to me, one of the problems we've had with Cameron Sutton is Steven Nelson, Nelson doesn't miss games. The one game Steven Nelson was out and Cameron Sutton filled in for Steven Nelson, he did really good because he's that corner. He's a Steven Nelson type corner. If you remember, Steven Nelson was a slot corner in Kansas City. He played a lot of slot. Here, he's completely outside because in our system, that fits him. Uh, Nelson does not – was I saying the wrong name? Nelson. Steven Nelson. No, Steven Nelson. That's right. Okay. <sighs> My brains. Uh, but okay. Nelson here does a lot more deeper coverage. Uh, he passes off underneath routes a lot. And he just locks people down deep, and he's great in deep zones. That's Cameron Sutton. If if you pass off the underneath routes and let Cameron Sutton know, hey, your big job is to cover deep, he's really good. Cameron Sutton is phenomenal at that. Uh, I'll go back to the year he was drafted. His college film showed that he, as long as you didn't lay hands on him, he was probably the best cornerback in in, in college until people got physical, and then he was like he vanished. He just disappeared off the field. It was kind of like the uh, he was like the defensive back version of Justin Hunter. Uh, if you remember him from the Steelers, and he's gotten better. He's gotten better with the physical side, but he is so much better when he is just allowed to cover deep, play the ball. You know, use his deep instincts, read the ball in the air. He's so good at that. It's one of those reasons you see him drop from a nickel from a, a dime cornerback spot all the way deep on on third and long and on second and really long a lot is because the Steelers know he is that good deep. He is just that good. So if he, if he comes back, it's, it, it would be more of a Steven Nelson. That's, that's 
that's kind of what you're going for is they could possibly peg him to be the next Steven Nelson. Yeah. And it's going to be kind of interesting to see how they, uh, they decipher between the, but as we approach the top of the show, um, there is one other topic I want to get to. We didn't break it down yet, but the senior bowl of course is this week. Um, do, do you think teams should, should take a, a lot of, uh, a lot of interest in that game just based on uh, it being literally just one kind of all-star type game. Of course, the players are going extremely hard. It's their NFL futures on the line. Does the senior bowl mean anything to you when it comes to drafting a player? It does to me because it separates players from their system. So you're in college, you were like a really, especially really good teams. If you're in Alabama, if you're in Ohio state, if you're on these teams, you were chosen to play a specific role. You were recruited because you fit that role in their scheme. When you get to the senior bowl, you start getting these players outside of their scheme. And you also give a chance for a lot of these unknown players to face off against big name guys, uh, players from the SEC and show, hey, you know what? My team couldn't match up with the SEC, but I could have. So it means a lot to me. Uh, I'll go back. Kevin Dotson tore up in the senior bowl. He was absolutely phenomenal in the Senior Bowl, and we saw that translate directly to the NFL right away. Um, so I I do like the Senior Bowl. I, I think it has its place. I think it definitely has its place. If you are know what you're looking for and you have an idea of what you're dealing with in the Senior Bowl, uh, so that it you can translate it to to the to the NFL. Now, when it comes to that senior bowl, of course, something I've been uh, closely kind of watching, especially come the national championship and whatnot, Mac Jones, the quarterback from Alabama, it's like, oh, why are people mocking him as a first-round pick? The guy's playing an all-star team. Like, it, like it's probably the easiest quarterback to position to play in the country is being the quarterback for Alabama. But he has been having a fantastic uh, little senior bowl practice week so far. He was one of the players of the day. If the Steelers go quarterback and they happen to take a guy like Jones, if he's still there, because his his kind of market's kind of skyrocketing, would you feel a little bit better because he had such a good senior bowl uh, performance? Yeah, I would. I would. I I don't really necessarily want him because he would be kind of a continuation. You would plug him in and be like, oh, it's, this is what we're looking for. We're looking for another Ben Roethlisberger, Landry Jones, Mason Rudolph type of guy. We're just going to do it in the first round this time. You know, like, Same I'd be old. okay with it. It would, it could work. Uh, as as to his team, yeah, it's, it's a totally different world when you are the quarterback for Alabama. But look at the team Joe Burrow had. You know, he had an absolute all-star team. He was playing with NFL receivers, with NFL offensive linemen. You know what he's doing in the NFL? He's playing with NFL wide receivers. You know, those guys kind of get, a, I think, actually have a bit of a leg up on a lot of other players just with timing. Like, Mac Jones knows, you know, I've got a receiver who just will burn the pitch when he starts running. He will burn the field when he starts running. I have to be able to hit him. If I'm going to be the quarterback at Alabama, you've got to be able to hit those passes. And, and one of the things you see was like a Mason Rudolph, whose deep passes were the James Washington, is he struggled with timing in 2019. He struggled with timing up those routes a lot. Got better in 2020, but you're talking year three. 
You know, that's his third year in the NFL and he's finally catching up to stuff. The the guys who deal with that talent and can excel with that level of talent, they have to make decisions faster simply because those guys are done with the routes faster. Yeah. As the top show, I just want to make sure uh, we have a little bit of time to plug our stuff coming up in the next couple of days. So, Jeffrey, is there any uh, fun film rooms coming out this week? Uh, I just dropped Mike Hilton uh, from week two. That is a really good one. I I, I love that one a lot. Um, Next week is going to be Devin Bush and Vince Williams in, in week three against Houston. It's going to be a really good one if you if you want more on uh, where Vince Williams places, what kind of role Robert Spillane could play in the future next to Devin Bush, and the real value of Devin Bush to the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. That's that's this coming film room next week. And taking a step back to like going back to our uh, conversation about Mac Jones, there, I think that's one of the reasons why Jeff and I both want to trade up for Trey Lance so bad is just just for something different. I, I think that's uh, I think a lot of Steeler fans would appreciate something a little bit different. So uh, I, I think uh, there's possibility you might see that uh, as the the weeks go by, but who knows? <laughs> I don't, I don't want to trade up for Trey Lance. Why is that? <laughs> I, I don't want a quarterback this year. Mm. I am I am firmly of the mind that, that the longer we drag this out and rebuild the offensive line, that's my thing. I want to rebuild the offensive line and then get a quarterback. Yeah, and you know what? That's totally fair. It's kind of the reverse Cincinnati. Don't get your guys' knee torn to shreds. <laughs> yeah. Um, but – I guess with that being said, uh, make sure to click over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Great stuff coming out each and every day. Uh, stuff even looking at the Super Bowl. Uh, the Steelers going to participate in that game. Draft coverage, free agency. The season's over, but uh, the ball keeps on rolling. There's going to be a lot of content coming out each and every day. Make sure it's an entire Behind the Steel Curtain family podcast. Of course, if you're listening on YouTube and Facebook, there's tons of uh, exclusive content just on the podcast side anywhere you get your podcast so make sure uh, click on tune into that as well um so for my co-host jeffrey benedict once again my name is michael beck thank you for tuning in we'll catch you guys